Mornings are better with a warm beverage, even for Latter-day Saints. Meet Postum, the ideal coffee alternative and proud sponsor of This Week in Mormons podcast. Spotted on the coffee aisle at Smith's Grocery or at your local nearby store. Can't locate it? No worries. Order it at postum.com. Explore delicious recipes to tailor your Postum experience. Start your day off right with Postum. Welcome to This Week in Mormons, the Twim Sisters edition with your host, Ariane Smith. And Tiffany Hales. And we have a special guest host today. We have Holly back with us. Do you want to say hi, Holly? Hi, I'm Holly Casos. <laughs> Holly is Tiffany's friend. I love her so much. I got to meet her in person last year after listening to her come on with Tiffany a couple of times. Mm-hmm. I was very excited to have her join us today. It feels like when you're the younger sister and you get to hang out with your older sister and her cool friends. <laughs> <laughs> so I was thrilled that Holly said she would come on um, for this episode. Yes. So, so welcome, Holly. Thank you. Yeah, this is kind of fun. Here. We have only done a trio a couple of other times, and that's with our other sister. Oh, that's right. So I think this gives you kind of quasi Wow, it's almost like a sister. Yeah, I know. Totally. <laughs> so all we're right. here for January. We are. All of us apparently survived the holidays. Yes. Barely. And I did it. <laughs> we made it through, and now we have to survive January, which is more difficult than surviving uh, the holidays in my book. Agree. So, okay, we have to tell Holly about my husband's fame. Oh, yes, <laughs> we happened? do. Holly does not know about your husband's fame. We, we, we knew we had to talk about it this week because he is in the ranks with Ammon Bundy now. Uh-huh. <laughs> but for different reasons. Okay, I'm like, is he a Mormon behaving badly? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> But let me give you the backstory because you'll appreciate this. <laughs> because this just happened today and I was dying laughing. Okay. So back, you know, in and out, Boise got its first in and out in December. And which it was, was insane. Which I should say, it was actually the first in and out in Idaho yes. at all. Yes. And people lost their ever flipping minds. Do you know people how many hamburgers were sold on the first day? I heard it was like 9,100. 9, and, and it was like, like a record. A record. Right? Yeah. All time record. Yeah. It's crazy. So, so anyway, people went bananas. My husband was one of those people. He is a California boy. Did he stand in line? He has been waiting for years. He drove down there. I mean, he works from home. So he was like, well, I'm going to work from my car. (laughs) I can work at my home office or I can work at my car office. He drove down there at 730 AM on opening day. (laughs) By 1030, he was back home with burgers for me <laughs> and all of us. Okay. But, I, but you have to tell him oh, how, how okay. he decorated the so car. This is how he got his claim to fame. Oh, is so this the car I've seen. On- <laughs> yes. Yes. I've seen it. This is the car you've seen. <laughs> okay. So my children for Halloween this year, I, they wanted to be a burger and French fries. And I knew In-N-Out was coming. And so I'm Googling like burger costumes online. And I saw an In-N-Out burger and French fry costume. And I was like, I could make this happen. So yeah. I made them. One of them was a burger. One was a French fries in the In-N-Out dish, the logo, the whole thing. And let me tell you, so freaking cute, Ariane. <laughs> it was adorable. In fact, I, I we will take Keith's picture with with well, yeah. let me tell you, we'll, we'll post it on we'll, the we'll, we'll post, post the on pic- the Twim Sisters Instagram. We'll post the picture of him. And so what he did was because we had joked on Halloween, oh, we have to take these kids to In and Out opening. I bet they'll get a free burger or yeah. at least like something. That's yeah. in line. Now the kids are in school, so they didn't get to go. 
But he took their costumes and he hung them on his truck. Once he got there, he put the, he put the French fries on top yes. of his truck and he hung the hamburger with the In-N-Out logo on the, on the side, side of the door. Mirror. And so, of course, he ended up all over the news. Like, I've seen it. Was it. A, it was a great <laughs> photo. That was him. Yeah. That's her yes. husband. They interviewed him. He was in the local news. And then he ended up like, you know how they have affiliates across the country. Like, our sister in L.A. was oh like, I just gosh. saw her husband on the news in L.A. Like, And he was in the New York Post. Oh, my goodness. He was TMZ. He was thrilled. He was eating it up. He has like, <laughs> like no regrets. This okay. But now best. we have to talk about today's okay. article that came so, out. So we thought this was all over and done with. Yeah. In the Until first, today right. an article came out. Until you saw yeah, it. I saw it. Okay. <laughs> so again, our local newspaper, The Statesman, puts an article out today and it says Idaho's top 10 cringeworthy, embarrassing stories <laughs> from 2023. And it has his, his picture. His picture. <laughs> Sure, I saw. They have lots of pictures to choose from, and they chose. They me. picked him. He's like, why did they pick me? I said, I think I think you're clickbait. It's a good picture. It's much better than all the politicians because pretty much on this top ten list, pretty much every cringy article were like political shenanigans of exactly. the past year. And Ammon Bundy, and who was number one on the list. So, so, so he's is, in the same article. As he's Ammon in the Bundy. same article as Yamin Bundy. <laughs> he's been categorized, lumped into the same category. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious! So I, I was like, you know what? Though you are like the lighthearted ending to right? this, right? Exactly, this is the last one on the list of cringe. Yeah. I'm like, they had to throw something fun in there, exactly because they everything were all... else was depressing. Book yeah. bans and oh, Ammon yeah. Bundy, Senator Jim Rish. <laughs> it was not a good year. Shady for politicians. Idaho. Yeah, it was. It was rough. So. Anyway. anyway, we will put Keith's picture on our twin sister's Instagram, and then you can see Keith's picture, and you can also see the adorable costumes that Ariane yes. made for also, her Also, I will add, he did get a free burger. Oh, he did? Yeah, you didn't tell I me he got a free burger. He got a free meal. The manager came out. That's so cool. And gave him a voucher for a free meal. All the In-N-Out people were freaking out about it. They were like, this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, kudos to you. I think yes. it was a- Yes. And he did give me, he said, I told everyone you made it. <laughs> My wife did this. My wife did this. That is awesome. Oh, that's, that, that is, that is awesome. So yeah, you know, my first part of December was really hectic and, and then things calmed down. So I actually had a really nice, calm Christmas break. Um, I got to do tons of crafts between Yay. Christmas and New Year's and it was just the best therapy I needed. So fun. So I love that. Fantastic. Holly, how about your Christmas? I know your Christmas was crazy. It was crazy. I had all of my kids in town. So there were 14 people in my house. Wow. Uh, because not that I have 14 kids. Right. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but, but it's their kids, their significant others. No grandkids. Um, so yeah, that it was crazy. Just all tons of fun, tons of chaos, tons of food, everything. That's so fun. So it was I a lot that. of fun. Yeah. And there was even a wedding in all, in all of that. So oh. Fabulous. One of weeks. yours got married? Yes. Oh, that's exciting. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. Hence the reason they all had to come home to celebrate the wedding. Well, no, it was really more that they were all coming home. And so she decided this is the moment. Let's right. do it when all my sisters do are it. here. Yeah, because sense. two of my daughters live internationally. So okay. they only come home once a year. Yeah. 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 That's a big deal. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. 
All right. Well, before we move into our news stories tonight, I want to give a shout out. This year for 2024, This Week in Mormons has a new sponsor, and our new sponsor is Postum. Now, I have never tried Postum. Ariane has never tried Postum. I never have had heard of it, but luckily we have a Postum expert. We do love Postum. Who happens to be here tonight, and we didn't even know We didn't even know. So, Holly... Tell us, we so Ariane and I will be acquiring some postum in the next couple of weeks. My goal for 2024 is I'm going to figure out a bunch of really fun postum recipes, like not only drink recipes, because postum is a drink, it's a coffee alternative, but I have seen some recipes for some desserts and some things like that. I've never tried recipes. So I'm going so to- So that's exciting. I am <laughs> going to try that out in 2024, but- Tell me about Postum since you have some personal okay. real world experience. Well, first of all, the best way to drink Postum, and mm-hmm. everybody will tell you this is wrong, but this is my favorite current way, Okay, is to get a cup of it, but then go to the store and get this oat milk caramel creamer that's Ooh. liquid and pour it in. And it's like a little caramel macchiato. Thing. It's delicious. Oh, okay. Can you just, do you find that like in the, like in the milk aisle? Yeah. Okay. You can use any creamer. That's okay. just my current favorite okay. one. So. so you still drink it to oh, this yeah, day? Oh, yeah, all the time. Because you said you started on your mission. I did start on my yeah. mission when I was on a mission in Spain. There were no heaters in mm-hmm. any of the apartments. So there there would be one space heater that was under a table, and you would, like, sit there and then, like, put the tablecloth around your legs Aww. so that you would get okay. hot. So <laughs> really, your only alternative was to drink hot drinks. Mm-hmm. So... I was drinking a lot of herbal tea. There was like a Spanish version version of Postum, but then I would mm-hmm. I asked my mom to send me stuff. Like I just had to stay warm because yeah. I was freezing in hot chocolate. Well, I mean it can huh. you can only do so much hot yeah. chocolate. It's, it's so yeah. sweet, it's so right? Rich. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, this was this was amazing. And then oh, here's yeah, it's my kids like Postum. It's just the happening drink at my house. Okay. Well, that was very timely that you are here with us. Okay. So like I said, we, we are Postum virgins. Hopefully by the time we record next month, we will have, we, we will have begun our exploration of Postum. We will dabble. But I really do (laughs) like the idea of the caramel creamer. That sounds delicious. I mean, maybe because you, you have to sweeten. You, you have it, right? to sweeten it. It's okay. just like a coffee, right? right. Don't yeah. start with it black; you'll not okay. be happy. So. Okay. Okay. Good to know. All right. Well, let's get into some stories for tonight. Um, we're we're going to take we're going going. First of all, it's been a very slow news week, so we don't have a ton of news stories, which was good because I ran across a video back in December, and it was a documentary that KUER, which is the PBS station down in Utah, had done, and it was a documentary called "A Sister Must Sacrifice," and it was about diet culture and missions. And so I thought, okay, with the first of the year, a lot of people make New Year's resolutions that are health related, maybe weight related. And there is just a lot to unpack in diet culture, whether it relates to missionaries or whether it relates to members of the church. So I thought what we would do tonight is before we get to like stories that have happened in the news in the last week or so, we are just going to talk about this documentary. And uh, we put it up on the Facebook earlier this week and some of the Facebook comments and just some of the diet culture and things surrounding that um, in association with members of the church and just have a discussion. Which I can't believe we've never done. I feel I sometimes I feel like we've hit every single I topic do too. there is. And then you I'm like, oh, we like, never really 
like deep dived on this. We have not deep dived on this. Mm-hmm. So um, to start off with the video, the documentary is only 11 minutes long. Uh, if you want more information, first of all, you can, we'll link the documentary, but there was also a podcast that KUR, KUER did again back in November. was longer. The it, podcast was about an was hour. Too. And so the podcast uh, has excerpts from the girl who was the initial focus in the film, but it also has a lengthy interview with the filmmaker and the filmmaker uh, dealt with diet culture issues on her mission. And so that's what kind of inspired her. And she had a lot to unpack when she got home from her mission. That's what kind of inspired her to make this film. And then they had a, um, a uh, counselor on there as well, talking about some of the issues. So this film opens with this um, sister and she probably went on her mission about 10 years ago. And, and ironically, she is from Eagle, Idaho. I, I didn't know her, didn't recognize her. And she just talks about that. She goes to her physical for her mission because all missionaries have to have a physical. And her general practitioner said, uh, uh, do you want me to support, prescribed to you an appetite suppressant. Are you concerned with gaining weight on your mission? And she said, oh, no, no, I'm fine. I, 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 I don't need that. So she goes out to her mission. And this is fairly common. She is brand new out there on her mission. She gets put with sisters who have been out there for a while. And these are sisters who are getting ready to go home. And apparently there is this thing. And I asked my daughter about this because she served a mission. Oh, she began in 2019 and ended in 2020. Mm -hmm. It's called Six Months to Sexy, where you spend the last six months of your mission focusing on looking really good when you come Mm -hmm. home from your mission. And so she goes out there on her mission and she gets hooked up with these companions who are focused on six months to sexy. So everything just kind of revolved around diet culture. And she started... um, uh, you know, dealing with some uh, diet culture and some eating disorders that she'd never had before. Well, it's really hard if you've got a companion that you're with 24-7 who is eating a certain way and obsessing over it mm-hmm. to not not let that affect right. you. Yes. Especially when you're at the beginning of the mission and you're young and impressionable and you're looking up to these people like, well, they must know something I don't yeah. know. Yeah. You're still trying to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but that would be hard. Well, and this is one of the reasons we invited you, Holly, is Ariane and I, neither one of us served missions and you did. And so, and you've had daughters that have served missions. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I did have a conversation with my daughter, uh, but, you know, I don't have any firsthand knowledge in this right. as it relates to the mission field. Yeah. So what you watch this documentary, what, what are some of the things that struck you? Well, First of all, I thought to myself, I'm really glad this was not happening in my mission. Okay. I mean, I served a long time ago. Right. So it was like 1991. So we're talking like over 30 years ago. Yes. And um, and, and it was different. I was in Spain. There's no fast food anywhere. Um, hardly any members ever fed us. And we had a very restricted budget. So we were eating like pretty much rice and veggies right. and chicken okay. all the time. Well, when I saw this, I wondered if this is way more of an American issue when you serve in the States. Yeah. Because like when you don't, sometimes you're trying to figure out what you can eat. Exactly. <laughs> no, I mean, like my daughter uh-huh. served in Kansas and there was a, a, a great deal. She was uh, Spanish speaking. So a lot of Hispanic people and there were, they loved to feed the missionaries. And so she was struggling with the fact that there was just always so much food and they wanted to keep 
if she emptied her plate, they'd want to put more on it. And so how do you manage yourself yeah. around that? Yeah. Which is a, a real issue for anybody. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it, yeah, I'm, I think that, and I do know that like in my mission, my mission president's wife, she owned a modeling agency before she mm-hmm. went out. So when we would have, um, uh, area the, conferences, you know, uh-huh. our zone conferences and she would come, she would talk to us about appearance and she was very appearance oriented. Mm-hmm. And that was, I remember that part was very stressful to me. Yeah. I mean, I've always been a, a larger size woman. <laughs> and so I knew I wasn't hitting the model appearance that like she was looking for and never was going to. And so I, I worry, I worried about that a lot. Like, did I look mm, like a proper representative right. of this yeah. church? Because right. Like she was, so when she did that, were elders in the room too? Like, yes, but it, they, she also talked to elders about it. It actually right. wasn't just sister oriented. Like okay. she would ask them, you know, they needed to make sure they had haircuts, that they were grooming their face properly, that their clothes were like, you know, iron. Right. So, <laughs> like that. It went both so ways. it did go both ways. And I really did appreciate her for that because it wasn't just targeting the girls. Yeah. That's okay. good to hear. Well, and it's interesting in the documentary and on the podcast, just the vast variety of experiences. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I asked my sister-in-law over Christmas, she had served a mission and she said, Oh yeah, there's definitely some pressure like towards the end. Yeah, sure. And she served many years ago, but, but, uh, some of these in the documentary had like some real rough experiences with mission presidents pushing this, which I don't think is normal, but well, I think it's it's obviously amped up. I I mean, you see it in the Mormon culture aside from just missions with women. Um, and that perfectionism, like they've taken it to a whole new level. I mean, when you drive into Utah, Oh, you see so many bulletin boards for plastic surgery yeah. and it's, and I, I, I don't know if it's true, but I've heard that it's like one of the highest oh, yeah. plastic per, surgery per places. Capita, yeah. It is one of the highest plastic surgery case well, places. And, and that age, that age is just an age where you're going through that. Your right? self-esteem and you're, you're not confident. And there is, even if you don't go on a mission, I remember, you know, going to BYU you're going to get that freshman 15. Exactly. Like everybody jokes well, about that, but yeah. I don't think. I think a mission is probably a much more intense experience than being at BYU with, you know, you've got six roommates and you're joking about it, but no, exactly. I mean, I do remember like my mom around that stage when I was going on my mission, like she was extremely worried about, of course, my weight. I mean, it's not like I was huge. I was just plus size. Right. And like worried that I would never find someone to marry. And then she like her parting comment to me, which is ironic. I I know was maybe you'll find someone to marry on your mission, which made me mad (laughs) because I was, that was not where I was going. And like, what? But then of course she did. (laughs) (laughs) No, I, you know, and, and I think, I mean, our, our moms would have grown up in a very similar generation because you and I are about the, are about the same age. And I remember my mom, you know, being very obsessed with her weight and her looks and her appearance Mm -hmm. all the time. And, and I am built very differently from my mom. I always joke. I'm like, Oh my gosh, if if somebody saw me and my mom side by side, they would not think we're (laughs) related. My mom was five, eight, you know, she was 125 pounds on a bad day. She had no boobs and wide hips. I am 5'3". I got all sorts of boobs and no hips. (laughs) 
And I was 125 pounds in fourth grade. (laughs) Well, I probably wasn't 125 pounds in fourth grade, but, uh, you know, genetically I am built like my dad. I am not built like my mom. And, and I just remember, and I don't, I, you know, again, I'm not throwing shade at my mom or anything Mm -hmm. like that. You know, she was a product of her generation and I don't think, you know, she intended any harm by anything she did or, or said it just, it it, was generational. It was was the messaging they got and versus the messaging we got. It's like night and day. Yeah. And, and women Mm -hmm. really were in that age created for beauty, right? Yes. Like that, mm-hmm. that was what they were told. Like their worth was in their looks. Yeah. But I, I too remember my mom being like, you've got to lose weight. You'll, you know, you'll never find, you'll a never man. find a man. And and then you go to a place like BYU, you know, when you're in that, that kind of age range where, you know, you're thinking, okay, marriage relationships, things like that. And everywhere, are skinny, beautiful mm-hmm. people. And it really can just in, in many, in mess many regards, mess with your mind. And I also remember, you know, after I was first married, my husband and I lived in Utah for about 13 years and my sister-in-laws would come to visit and they lived outside of Utah. They would come and they would say, how do you live here? You go into Target and nobody is wearing their sweats in Target. They are dressed to the nines, full makeup, glammed up too. for Target. I would come and visit you yeah. and they would be wearing jeans and heels. Yeah. I was like, what is, is going on? Wearing their heels a- at all, but be with jeans to Target. <laughs> exactly. So there, there is this, you know, there is this cultural thing that I think these girls go out on missions with, because again, it's, it's not just mission specific. It's, it's related, I think, to diet culture in America and then an even smaller, you know, diet culture within the LDS community. Again, because, you know, scriptures that say, you know, the natural man is an enemy to God and, you know, you need to be healthy and the word of wisdom, you know, tells you, you know, can be interpreted as, you know, restrict this, restrict that. And, you know, even if things like sugar aren't mentioned in the word of wisdom, well, you know, that's not healthy for you. And the word of wisdom is about being healthy. Well, I think it didn't help either. I was looking at the research and in 2007, weight guidelines started to become a thing for the church. In in order to go on a mission, yes, right, yes, and I remember seeing that and thinking, I don't know if I would have been able to go because I tend to skew heavy. People don't think I'm as heavy when they look at me, but I've got apparently really heavy bones or something. I don't know. (laughs) So I mean, I was close to that standard, and I'm like, wow, that is a lot because now you really are thinking about how much you weigh as a missionary out in the field. Right. Yeah. That's true. So you, Tiffany, looked up some articles. I did. I did. After I saw the video, I was like, let's see what's out there on the internet. On like the church website. On the church website. So she, Tiffany found a slew of articles about this, but we picked one in particular that was, um, very relatable to this. And it's a couple years, a few years old. It's from 2019 and it was actually an Enzyme article and it was written. It's a personal story from a member of the church um, by a woman named Sierra Hewlett. And she talked about her mission and how she like began to have eating disorder issues on her mission. Um, Kind of the same thing as this documentary. Everyone told her she'd gain weight. Um, She kind of 
started to think that her worth was tied to the scale number. She ate as little as possible. Um, as she talked about, you know, how fasting on your mission can yes. kind of like play, it, play into that. Exactly. Because it's a, really it's a spiritual excuse. thing, yeah. but yet a good excuse to not also eat. Not right. <laughs> so she just started this, you know, awful cycle of restricting, binging, purging. And she talks about how she didn't realize that it was really a problem till after her mission. And she went on a hike, like a four hour hike, ate a granola bar and felt guilty. And then she started to realize, okay, this is a problem. It's a problem. <laughs> so um, anyway, it was a really good article. She just talked about how she came back from that and overcame it. Um, she talked about how God factored into that. Yes. Um, her faith um, helped her like continue to have the will to keep fighting and overcome this. But then she also talked about years of hard work and therapy, which I think is very important yes. that she mentioned it's that. It's not a quick fix. Yeah. No. Yeah. And, and she says that in the article is this was not. She does. Um, you know, one or two things and I was done. She makes three really good points. Yeah, she does. Towards the end, um, she had three really good things that she said. Um, the first thing she said was the power of yet. And I love this. I actually had a Relief Society teacher that used this exact wording once in a lesson. Oh. She said, put the word yet at the end of your sentences and it completely changes your perspective. So she used the example in this article. She said, um, if you add the word yet, it changes the sentence. Like, I don't have a job yet. I don't love my body or honor it yet. I can't handle my addiction, anxiety, depression yet. And I love that. I love if that we too. Can, if I can remember to like put that word on, it just gives you hope, right? It's it does. Like, this is not yeah, final. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and then the second thing she talked about was the power of patience and compassion for yourself. Um, just learning that patience, like you said, Holly, it, can take a lot of time. And then the third thing she talked about was the power of mindfulness and um, being still and finding time for God and pondering and not just being so distracted by the things that we have. Um, anyway, she just kind of shared this as a message of hope um, in overcoming. It was a really good, um, good article. And it was interesting to see it, clearly the church is aware if they yes. published this in the, in the inside, and you found other church. I did. Articles I found other related. church articles so, related, and um, you know, it's not necessarily unique to a mission. No, this can apply to anyone at exactly. any stage. Right? But it's interesting the this perspective of missionaries. Yes. It's just something I never thought about before. Like, oh, missionaries are struggling. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and I did find it interesting that they're mm -hmm. in the in the um, documentary that they were mm -hmm. saying that there were mission presence and programs where they were actually saying that if you restricted your food, that actually you might get more baptisms because you'd be more righteous. Yeah. And, As an obedience. Right. Thing. Yeah. And one of them had like a contest, like a, to lose weight yeah. within the mission. I was like, well, that's wild. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's oh. happening a lot, but clearly it's yeah. happening. If, yeah. if someone had this experience. Exactly. Um, so, well, and that kind of leads us into our next article, which you're going to talk about uh, that. I mean, this is this is very true. I mean, I, I think it's kind of I think that there's a lot of it on the mission. When I mm -hmm. asked my daughter about it, she said it wasn't anything that, you know, her mission president put forth, but it was a constant topic of conversation kind of in the mission culture, in the mission culture. And mm -hmm. and I think that that's maybe, you know. A, a microcosm of a larger diet culture that we have 
not only within our faith, but but within America, but specifically to our faith. I really liked this article. This so Holly, talk about this article. It was fascinating. Um, it was an article about a a woman in the church, and she was a young mom. She had two young kids, and she was probably, well, she said she was about 70-ish pounds overweight after she'd had the two kids. And she got called as the young woman president in her ward. And that some mom came up to her and said, she's like, um, hey, I'm so glad that they're letting you be a young woman present because the girls need to learn that their value isn't tied to their weight. And she was very taken aback by well, that. That's that is she said, they wild. usually don't let bigger women be young women. I, I mean, president. it was the truth, right? <laughs> but to have someone point that out. Point that out, I know. That out, I know. It's, it's totally crazy. Wild. But it also made her really like take a look at all of it and how right. true it was. Yeah, I mean, it probably really got her mind thinking. Honestly, when I read this, it got my mind thinking. I was like, I never really noticed that. I, I thought about it. And see, then I was like... <laughs> I think this is a thing. I have <laughs> always noticed this. I have always noticed this too. Especially in the general young. Oh, yeah. Oh, general, yes. General yes. I, have, I have noticed it there. Because I remember, sure. I don't remember yeah. what her name was, but I remember there was a woman that was called into the Relief Society General Presidency once, and she was a larger woman and she was hilarious, but she didn't fit the stereotype. No. And I was in awe of her. Like, yeah. I was like, Oh, I just, this is hopeful. Right. It was yeah. just so yeah. hopeful. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I, I have really noticed that. I mean, in, in saying that, like I'm, I've been in many a presidency, but never the president, yeah. strangely right. enough, which I don't want to be. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not that we're campaigning, but, but no, I mean, I, I think especially with the young women, and I don't think that this is an intentional bias. No. I think it is. I, I I think that it is something that is probably like subconscious. Subconscious, yeah. where okay. they're like, okay, you know, who are we going to call? We need a really good role model for the young. So girls. they actually, she actually talked about this because she talked about like I wanted to kind of understand where the origin of this was coming, mm-hmm. and she took it back to polygamy, which she did. I was what, but um. She talked about how back in those days that a man's spirituality was determined by the number of wives and that when a man was allowed to add a wife, he was usually going to choose one that was younger and more attractive, kind of like superior, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so physical desirability became one of the markers for a woman um, in order to join the polygamous group, right? And anyhow, so she's like 200 years later, even though it's probably not like the way they are thinking consciously, there is a little bit of subconscious that there's this like mix of men are in charge Mm -hmm. and um, women, if they please men tend to gain power. Right. And female beauty is the quickest way to please a man subconsciously. Right. Mm -hmm. And so all of these things kind of play into it. And even though it's not like, they're not really thinking that way, it's kind of going to just come out um, subconsciously. And, and so you forget that really like females come in all shapes and sizes and can still be spiritual dependent, independent of that. Mm -hmm. And, um, that there's a lot of females that do feel insecure about themselves and how much their value is because of how much it's tied to appearance. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. That was super interesting to think about. Like, like you said, I've, I've thought about, I've just noticed before that uh-huh. the general presidencies all look a certain way. Yes. But I never had like applied that, like, what have I observed in my own ward? And then I read this and I was like, oh yeah, this is a thing. It is. It is. <laughs> it's icky, but it is. <laughs> this is a thing. And also besides the looks being like a yes person, like, yes. A, and like you like mentioned, very, like yeah. agreeable, follow the rules, mm-hmm. never going to stir the pot. That definitely is. Oh Yeah. This is why I will never be a young women's president or president of anything. Maybe that's my problem. She is not a yes girl. (laughs) No, in fact, the couple of times that I've had to fill in for my Relief Society president at Ward Council, I think they think, when's Tracy coming back? Get this one out of here. Get this one out of here. She's a live wire. Tracy's pretty feisty too. So I I think that they're like, who let the two of them play together? (laughs) But maybe that's good. Maybe... We need to have more women that actually don't, I mean, not that they don't play nice, but they actually voice their opinions. And I've been thinking of this because something happened in our stake that made me quite angry. And I stewed on it for a couple of weeks and I'm like, oh, I can't just be that person that just sits and gets angry. I actually need to be proactive and voice this problem not because I want change, but because I, I think that's the only way to evoke change. Yeah. I've, I've been feeling the same way lately. I've always been a sit back and be quiet type of person. And lately I've been feeling more like, you know, we probably could do something about it if we spoke up in certain circumstances. Yeah. So, Yeah. All right. Well, on that note, we have, I mean, we could go on talking about this topic for quite some time. Um, There were a number of comments on our Facebook post on it. And I'm I'm not, we're, we're running a little, well, we're not short on time yet, but we will be by the time we cover (laughs) everything else. And so I'll just encourage anybody uh, who wants to, to go read the Facebook comments. The majority of the Facebook comments were like, this is really not encouraged by a mission. It's probably more of a personal thing. And I think that that is probably true. I, there's pro- it's probably few and far between that mission presidents are, are encouraging this dieting culture. But I think the girls arrive there with that already there. And, oh, and yes. it's something that's discussed. So Anyway, but but keeping on that same topic of food, there was a very interesting opinion piece in the Salt Lake oh, Tribune. This article was so fun. This was by Eli that, McCann. Again, ties into the diet and food culture we've been talking about all night. Eli, this is by Eli McCann for the uh, Tribune, and he is talking about no matter the title is no matter how you serve it, slice it, or pour it, Latter Day Saints prepare too much food. Oh my gosh, this article resonated with all three of us so much. (laughs) He talks about how um, they were at like a wedding and they walked into the kitchen area afterwards and like nearly 20 large boxes of massive frosted cookies sat unopened and untouched. There must have been hundreds of cookies in there. This was his sister's (laughs) wedding. This was after After the wedding. wedding. After the wedding. After (laughs) leftover cookies. And then they are like, what do we do with all these cookies? And they were giving them away to anybody they could give them to. Shelters. And what's so funny is they calculated that his parents, when they ordered these cookies, ordered enough for each guest to have half a dozen cookies. Oh, my gosh. 
And then they were, everybody was like, why? why? And the mom was just like, I don't know what I was thinking. And this uh, Eli McCann is like, I know why. It's in our heritage. Like- right? We're supposed to have a 30 years, what do they say? A one year supply? Two year supply. It started out as two years. And then it went to one. And now I think the leaders are like, can we, can we try 90? Yes. Can we work for 90? Yes. So he is just joking about how we were raised to overfeed. And we, you know, have always been taught about preparing food and like the miracle of Jesus and the loaves and the fishes. And um, he said to descend from Mormonism is to fear of running out of food more than to fear waste. (laughs) No truer statement has been said. It's just so true. (laughs) So anyway, I just thought it was hilarious. He talks about how his spouse, Um, They were having a dinner party and his husband pulled out 12 spears of asparagus from the oven for 15 people attending. And he freaked out and was like, this isn't enough. And his spouse was like, well, not everybody's going to eat asparagus. And like, (laughs) sure enough. And they finished the the Well, and what's funny is he is Eli was preparing potato salad for, uh, I think, kind of a neighborhood party. And his husband says to him, okay, small bowl, there's only four of us. Right. And then he says, I'm in the kitchen preparing it. It's like my dead ancestors took over. <laughs> yeah, he says. And it. I peeled 20 pounds of potatoes. And a dozen eggs. And a dozen eggs. <laughs> anyway, it was hilarious. So I was laughing about this because, remember, I had 14 people mm-hmm. at my house for th- two and a half weeks for Christmas, including two vegetarians, a vegan a gluten-free because oh, of celiac wow. and someone allergic to peppers. Oh, so I had gotten just, you know, everything. I, I don't know how you store. managed that. that <laughs> was, I could like mad props to menu. you. It was yeah. so hard, <laughs> but anyhow, so I bought so much food and, and they went through a lot, but there was also obviously more there again, because you know, of this very same reason. Know, it's so and so my, my, birthday present to myself because everyone left the morning of my birthday was the when the last person left is I went to my fridge and I just got rid of everything that was left in my fridge to have a clean start because it was just so overwhelming there were so many leftovers I didn't know what anything was yeah (laughs) funny well this just reminds like every ward party you go to if you are ever on the cleanup crew you're in the kitchen going what, what do we do with this? Who wants this? Take this. Who will take this? Who will take yeah. this? <laughs> like, with one exception, because my my ward party for um, Christmas this year, they actually didn't have enough food. Really? Oh, how that did that happen? I don't know how. I wasn't in charge of it. <laughs> so was, did you guys do dinner or breakfast? Breakfast. That's okay. everyone's worst fear. We're in right? shock. We're like, <gasps> Just oh, like the I'm, article said, I'm in total shock. <laughs> I know. Nothing is worse than running out of food. I, I came late. I didn't have any food, but I was okay with that. I was going to say, oh. I'm guessing you were like, yeah, yeah. I'm here for the spirit. Nothing I else. don't really go for it because it's potluck food. I don't really go for yeah, your thing. Food. Yeah. Okay. That is so funny. All right. Well, we will wrap up our food discussion here and, and maybe we'll revisit this topic in the, another time mm-hmm. as maybe more articles come out because this has been a very fascinating discussion that yeah. I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed, but let's get to some news stories. There was one that came out this week about the tab cats, That's also right. known as the tabernacle choir at temple square. So Holly, tell us about this tab cat story. Okay. So they have a list. It was written on January 9th of the top 10 most, uh, Spotify streamed Mormon tabernacle songs. Yes. 
So, um, I, of course, it starts with 10 and then you have to keep scrolling down. So I right. yes. waiting and waiting and waiting. Um, when you guys looked at this, were you, were there any that you were like, oh, I know this is going to be on here? The yes. One, the one that we, there was one that was missing. What was, I missing? was shocked wasn't on there. Come that thought. Oh, oh, that's true. See, I, I thought it would be Redeemer of Israel. I was like, oh, where's Redeemer of Israel? Yeah, that's I was pretty too. confident it was going to be considered the lilies. And I got, I knew two. that I got number there. two. Yes. So I felt pretty good. But yeah. I have to tell you, I was shocked at number one. So I'll let you tell what number one is. And then I'll tell you why I was shocked. And then you can, I'll you, tell you why I was you not can shocked. You can use explain yes. it to us because we are not music people and okay. you can use explain it to us. Okay. So the number one, and this is by like number two, consider the lilies had 2.8 million downloads, downloads, mm -hmm. but the, the number one one was the Lord's prayer and it had 7.3 million downloads. That's a big jump. And see, that's Huge. what blew me away too. Yeah. Almost and 5 million. I, have never heard this. I have heard the the choir sing the Lord's yeah. Prayer, but I have not heard this version with the guest soloist. Yes. So I think you're going to tell us the guest soloist <laughs> is what took it over the top. I a hundred percent because every uh -huh. other one of these songs that was just the Mormon Tabernacle Choir, mm -hmm. but number one had Andrea Botticelli oh, singing with. Okay. The Lord's Prayer. And two reasons I thought, I mean, number one, having the guest artist is huge. Yeah. He's also He's huge. huge. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, he just did a tour this year, which I was supposed to go to a oh. concert. And then we had a death in the family and I couldn't go. So, so he, had he, a hot 2023. he had a hot 2023. Okay. And on top of that, like the Lord's Prayer is a very... Well, I served in Spain. People are saying the Lord's Prayer. Right. The Catholic it, it's cross-religious. It's cross-religious. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so you're not just hitting Mormons here. You're hitting across the religious okay. spectrum. And it was a beautiful song. Mm -hmm. So between those three things, I can see how, how it would come out of not just the Mormon Tabernacle Choir, but like mm -hmm. the whole spectrum of why. This makes sense. Interesting. So. Okay, I'm going to have to go repent and listen to it now because, like I said, I've never heard it before. It is beautiful. Okay. You'll be able to sing most of the lyrics. Oh, so. okay. The one other one on the list that I was surprised at was number five, which is Slow Down. Yeah, I've never Sissel. Because I had oh, never heard of it. I've never but, heard of it. But Sissel had the solo in yes. there. So, because, yeah. yeah, I hadn't heard that one either. I was like, what is this? So Sissel must have brought some people to that one, too. I'm also well. interested that mm -hmm. I'm trying to be like Jesus was number four. Yeah. That's a primary song, yeah. <laughs> but cool. Yeah. yeah. It was a good song. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. We will give our last Motab update. Motab. Oh. I know I can do that. Oh, we will man. give our last Tabcats <laughs> update. Uh, Lloyd Newell, the longtime announcer for the choir, uh, indicated a couple months ago that he was stepping down mm -hmm. because he was going to go serve a mission. Uh, just recently, they announced where Lloyd K. Newell will be serving, and he will be a mission president for the Los Angeles mission. That so is so he's headed to California. Do you think he'll get a star on the walk of fame? <laughs> Probably not. Maybe they should start Probably a Utah not. walk of fame. Now I'm really curious to see who they're going to put in his place. I know. I know. They it's got to be a really good yet. voice. They have not announced and that the yet. the countdown is on. He's leaving this summer. Yeah, he would. Mission presidents usually start around July 1st, so he should be... He should, he should, he should be taken off here anytime soon. Mm -hmm. So, 
Okay, let's move on to our next story. This will be kind of a quick take. There is a brewery in Utah called uh, Be Wilder Brewing Company, and they had a beer that was called Deseret IPA. Uh, and uh, apparently the church did not like a beer using the name Deseret. So the church basically sent them a cease and desist letter and they were kind of, uh, the brewery was kind of funny about it. Uh, they put out a newsletter and they said, unfortunately, a large tax exempt Utah based entity wasn't pleased with our use of the word Deseret. We have been asked to drop our trademark and discontinue the brand. And so uh, they say that uh, they just didn't have any enough money to fight with the church, that they just decided that they would do that. And the article is kind of funny because it talks about apparently there was a Taylorsville coffee shop that used an image of a gold angel Moroni as seen on top of the church temples. Mm -hmm. And the shop pulled that image from its advertising and instead displayed the warning letter they received from the church's intellectual property division. I know that was pretty funny. So, funny. <laughs> so the church is out there protecting their intellectual right. property. But it was also interesting. The article pointed out many other businesses yes. around Utah, not church affiliated that use Deseret. Well, I was but also not affiliated with there. <laughs> True. So. And I was just wondering like, how is the word propri proprietary? I'm not a lawyer, but like, I have right. a friend whose name is Deseret. Like, really, right. Like it's a, <laughs> like it's, people use it's different the name, than the right? word Mormon. Yeah. yeah. It's like more of a common like, did word. We well, it's actually from the book of Mormon. So it's in the book of Mormon, which oh, of course we own the there. copyright it's to the book there. of Mormon. We were going to be the state of Deseret until the That's government true. shut that down and said, no, you're not going to be the state of Deseret. <laughs> Um, but I don't know. It's very interesting. It is know. very interesting. Well, what the church said is, I, I don't think the church claimed that necessarily that um, it was proprietary and only the church could use it. The church said, listen, we use that name on other food brands and we don't want cross confusion. Oh, so that's how they did okay. it. And they do use it on other food brands yeah. because from like the Bishop's storehouse. Exactly. Storehouse. From the Bishop's okay. storehouse. Okay. So okay. that they weren't claiming exclusive use of the word Deseret. They were just saying this um, is in the same category. We can't have it in the same category. We don't want confusion. We don't okay. want people to think that we are endorsing beer. So, okay. Not that anyone would think that, but you're going to get that at the Bishop's store. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to Ariane's, I think, most okay. favorite story ever. This story is amazing. It's I'm just awesome. going to say we're early into 2024, but this is high. This, this might be my favorite. So there is a course being taught at BYU, Utah, Provo. Um, this semester, it is a, a Taylor Swift course. <laughs> <laughs> No, it is a whole semester on Taylor Swift, her lyrics and philosophy. It's a philosophy. It, well, it's in the poli sci department. Yes. Um, and the course is called, it's poli 360 and it's called Miss Americana, Taylor Swift, Ethics and Political Society. So it's like an ethics course. I really yes. wish I could go. It sounds amazing. <laughs> I really want to be there. But what I loved about this article was they really highlighted, this was from the Daily Universe. They highlighted the professor that is yes. teaching this course. His name is Ryan Davis. Um, he is a longtime Taylor Swift fan. He's a Swifty. He's, he's like legit. A legit Swifty. He's, he went to three of her heiress concerts. He's, he's middle-aged, I think, from mm -hmm. the picture. Yeah. He's middle-aged. This is not like a 20-something yeah. TA that is running this yeah. course. This guy is middle-aged. He is smarty pants. Like he yeah. has degrees, didn't they say from Princeton? Yes. Philosophy. Yeah. 
from Princeton, political philosophy from Princeton, all kinds of like, you know, graduate degrees. Yes. And he, he's a he's a very intellectual thinker. Yes. And that's why it is so odd. It, it seems like a, a, a dichotomy that he is teaching a Taylor yes. Swift course. So he spent the past year, obviously he went to her concerts yes. multiple. Oh, he has a full life size cardboard <laughs> well, cut out of to, Taylor Swift in his office. I was going to say, not did he just go to the concerts, but he dressed up. He, he dressed up. He went with his sister. It's so sweet. And he spent the past year writing this course because he just, his, his brain sees so much like philosophical meat in her lyrics, which is like, true. You could make a course out of this, which I a hundred percent agree. I know. In fact, <laughs> so, I wish I knew her lyrics better because there are so many life circumstances. Mm-hmm. You could really quote Taylor Swift. In I've, got her lyrics better. I've got one. Okay, I've got one. Go. Okay. So in all the chaos of everything, uh-huh. Christmas, people didn't leave. My last daughter left the 7th of January. And I don't want to take all the Christmas stuff down because it was like, she's from, J- she lives in Japan. Uh-huh. Like I wanted her to just, Still feel like it was Christmas vacation. So in Lover, uh, <laughs> yes. Lover being Taylor Taylor Swift Swift says, album. we can leave the Christmas lights up till January. This is our place. We make our own rules. Thank you, Taylor Swift. Thank I you. I <laughs> that to my teenage daughters all the time. Like when they're complaining about something, I, I'll say, this is our house. We make the rules. <laughs> Thank you, Taylor Swift. Yes, yes, yes. Anyway, I just think it is darling. This professor, I love that he's like legit. Yeah. And it talks like they interviewed one of his colleagues in the poli-sci department. Um, and he'd go hiking with his colleagues. Professor Meckham and Meekham, I don't know how you say it. And he is like slowly converting this yes. colleague to like understanding <laughs> that like, okay, there's there's, there's some meat here. Yeah. <laughs> So I thought it was adorable. So you all should go on and read about this professor, Ryan Davis. I would like to go back to BYU and audit. I would like to audit this class. Well, it did say that the course is full for the semester. And I'm sure this is one of those courses, you know, where they max it out at 30. Oh yeah. They're going to have to move this into one of those big classrooms, like like a seating 200 classroom. Wildly popular. It's going to be wildly popular and impossible to get into. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they should just add it to one of the core courses that fulfills an elective requirement. I'm just saying that right now. Why not? The one thing I am curious about is how hard is it going to be to pass this class? Like, what what do you have to do to pass? Will you still love Taylor Swift at the end? Right. Or will you be so (laughs) mad at her because you can't, you know, all those papers? Well, I thought it was interesting, too, that this article said these Taylor Swift courses are popping up at, like, lots of universities. It's not just. Like there are other college professors that are finding this worth the study. So, all right. Well, moving on from Taylor Swift, we're going to move on to Donald Trump because doesn't that (laughs) seem like a logical jump? Quite a transition to sure. (laughs) All roads lead back to Donald Trump in 2024. We don't know how, we don't know why we don't understand it, but here we are. But they will. (laughs) So a few weeks ago, well, I know I've covered this. I don't know if I covered it with you or with or in the Taffy edition. There was a poll that came out that was done by Deseret News that said Americans think that Trump is more religious than Mitt Romney. And that just left me scratching my head. I was just like, how? How How do we get there? This does not make sense. So the Deseret News did another poll. And one of their reporters who had covered Trump extensively when the Deseret News was formulating questions for this poll said, 
I want you to ask these people who believe that Donald Trump is more religious why they feel that way. Let's get mm-hmm. to the reasoning behind because she had a she had a, a an idea. Uh, she thought her hunch was that he is seen by many of his supporters as religious, not because of his private behaviors, but because of his public support for religious freedom and protection. And that made sense to me because certainly his private behaviors do not scream, mm-hmm. I am a religious person. But Romney's private behaviors scream, I am a religious person. Anyway, sure enough, when they conducted this poll, they found out that 64% of Republicans who said Trump is a person of faith said it was because he's actively involved in the religious community. The most common response was it was because he defends people of faith in the United States. And what's interesting is when they ask about Joe Biden and they ask Democrats, 69% of Joe Biden of Democrats viewed Joe Biden as a person of faith, but only 35% of them thought that he defended people of faith in the United States. This was so interesting to me. This was this. I, I was, feel like a puzzle has been solved. Exactly. <laughs> a mystery. And it makes so much sense to me. It does. And this is really interesting in a Latter-day Saint perspective. Um, because we have had so many conference talks in recent years yes. about defending religion. Yes. And I feel like this is making me understand a little bit why some people why are drawn this, to him. Yeah. yeah. It made me think, though, like my question was, is it more important for someone to have someone who defends religion or is religious to be your leader? Right. Like. What? Yeah, it's interesting to see, like, why does that take priority yeah. over? Because typically, I feel like, as Latter- from as Latter-day Saints, yeah. typically we're known for being kind of judgmental <laughs> about how you live your private yeah, life, right. right? But that is not translating in this no, not at situation. Mm-hmm. Is it? I don't know. It's so interesting. Everybody's just worried about religious freedom right now? I, 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 apparently so. But like uh, I said, I was grateful just because that initial poll left me just kind of scratching my head going, I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get it. Yeah. And now I'm like, okay, now I'm connecting dots and now I understand why people would view Donald Trump as more religious than Mitt Romney if they are looking at it in terms of a defending religious freedom. And I think that Mitt Romney, I'm not saying Mitt Romney doesn't defend religious freedom. I think Mitt Romney very much defends religious freedom, but I think people don't perceive that that way about Mitt Romney. Well, and Trump is smart. He's hitting on this. Exactly. Mm -hmm. As a talking point. And other people might not yeah, have done that. Like he's figured out his way in. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, since it is the new year, we have new year's resolutions. Oh, yeah. Let me give a disclaimer on these new year's (laughs) resolutions before you talk about them. This is an article in the Salt Lake Tribune. Okay. I want to be very clear. These are not our new year's resolutions, but resolutions that others would like to see. So if you don't like the resolution, don't get mad at us. Get mad at the Salt Lake Tribune. This was hilarious. This was an article by Dave Noyce. The first little tidbit of the article, he had taken um, some pieces of Sam Brunson's article on By Common Consent. He wrote an article recently about like, and it was actually really good about um, how we could let women have more male only callings that are not necessarily tied to the priesthood. So he had like some ideas there. 
of how we could get women more involved in the church. So Dave Noyce started off with that part of the article. And then at the bottom, he posted these resolutions. So what the, de- what the Tribune did was they called for readers to submit their 2024 resolutions for the church. And every week they've been publishing a few. So this was the second week that they published these. And they're hilarious. They are oh my gosh. so funny. I'm dying. I'm like, I hope they do this for like many more months because I want to read them all. They said they got like 700 and they something got a lot. submissions. So like we said, these are not our resolutions. These are people submitted to the Salt Lake Tribune. So I'm just going to read a few that I thought were really good. Some of them are serious. One says, strive toward church leadership, becoming diverse like God's children. I was like, that's a great one. Increase diversity, equity, and inclusion within the church. Um, someone said, institute genuine political neutrality within the church. Um, then they go awry. (laughs) Some are just like hilarious. And some are like, what? This was one that I was like, what? One says, add more temples. That's great. That's great. Add another day of general conference and more devotionals. I was like, another day of general conference. Someone really wants that. There's a person out there that wants that. I'm already like saying that (laughs) evening session on Saturday night really just needs to go. Exactly. Someone said, hire janitors for church buildings, pay people that work for that work. I was like, I'm "Hmm, I'm okay with that. I'm on board. Some of these are great. And then this one I loved, make the hot chocolate recipe from Nauvoo House Public. Yes. It's delicious. <laughs> I've never had Nauvoo House hot chocolate. I've never had it either. <laughs> I have a long time ago. Oh, it was very good. Okay. Oh. Well, well, since you are our expert on hot beverages, <laughs> oh, I'm going for that. I know. Apparently, I really like hot beverages. This is what I've learned. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> this one was my favorite. Andy. Okay. One last one. Someone wrote in and said, listen to what the Tribune has to say and then do the opposite. <laughs> I'm sorry. People in Utah that hate on the Tribune are like, they give me so much entertainment. I just think it's funny. I just think it's funny. I don't live there. So I I don't know much. I just know it just makes me laugh. Okay. All right. Well, let's move on to my favorite segment, which is Mormons behaving badly. Now, going into this evening, I thought I could not find a Mormon behaving badly. I was like, oh my gosh, we're going to have an episode and the Mormons have all behaved themselves. Mm-hmm. And then what a I, dream. What and a then dream. I watched the six o'clock news tonight and I was like, oh no, Mormons have not behaved themselves. <laughs> I have a Chad Daybell update. So that is my only Mormon behaving badly. He is set to begin trial on April 1st, April Fool's oh, Day. It's coming up. I, I, I realized that that's kind of a joke. Uh, his lawyer, who is a gentleman by the name of John P- Pryor, has filed paperwork with the court saying, judge, let me out of this case. He doesn't have any more money to pay me and I can't represent him if I'm not being paid. So it will be very interesting to see what the judge does, because first of all, we are a little over two months out from trial. Yeah. We are about 10 weeks out from trial. And the judge has already postponed this trial a couple of times. Mm-hmm. He's not going to want to postpone it again. If a new lawyer comes on board, that new lawyer is going to have a legit argument to the judge, especially since it's a death penalty case, to say, you need more time. I'm going to need at least a year. And and the judge is going to have to say, well, yeah, I'm not going to disagree with that. Uh, uh, Chad, or excuse me, John Pryor has been in this from the beginning. The judge does not have to let John Pryor out of this case. Oh, really? The judge could say, sorry, Mr. Pryor, suck it up. We're going to trial on April 1st. So... So here's my question. If, okay, his, he can't pay his attorney, so he's going to get a public defender. He will end up with a public defender. Could the court say, John Pryor, you're the public defender. We're going to pay you this much. 
Um, I believe the court could probably do that. I think the prosecutor, I mean, ultimately the county, uh, the county is responsible for paying the cost of the public defender. So uh, Which is going to be a pay cut for him, I'm assuming. It oh, will yeah. be a pay cut for him, <laughs> but that's better than getting no money. So uh-huh. I suppose that is always an option is the county could say, look, we want to get this trial over with. We have gotten all of our witnesses here. We're geared up in 10 weeks. Uh, you know, we are willing to pay him public defender rates and the judge could go home. You're standing in the trial. So. so here's my big question. Do you think he really wants out because of the money or because he's like, there's no way I'm going to be able to defend him? Well, <laughs> I really think it's the money. Okay. And here's why I really think it's the money. John Pryor sat through a good chunk of Lori's trial. And there, I mean, I have seen him, you know, I mean, he really has worked this case. Chad didn't have a lot of money. John yeah. Pryor has a lien on his house right now oh for payment. Gosh. And I think the kids are living there right now and potentially maybe paying some rent money to John Pryor. My thought was months ago, I was like, John Pryor had to have run out of money at this mm-hmm. point in time. And so, you know, now he's faced with the prospect of this is literally going to tie me up for the next three months and I am four months and I am not going to have any income. And so I'm actually surprised it hasn't happened sooner. Okay. Mm, so, interesting. Wow. That's a lot. Anyway. Well, I hope it doesn't get delayed. My goal for 2024 would be for no more daybells in the news. I I love that resolution. I love that New Year's resolution. Okay, well, let's move on to our favorite things. Now, before we talk about our favorite things, I did bring a food item for us to try tonight. She loves the taste test. So this is a new Oreo that I saw at Walmart this week, (laughs) and it is called a black and white cookie. Uh, flavor cream. Now you've seen, if you go to New York, they have those black and white cookies. I think that is supposed to be a taste on the black, a, a, not a taste, a take on the black and white cookie. It is, uh, let me describe it. It is the vanilla Oreo. And when you open it up, one half of it is white cream and one half of it is chocolate. Wait a minute. Open that back up again. Okay. So like I thought it would be like side to side. Yeah, no, it's bottom and top. Now they used to have this vanilla Oreo that just had chocolate cream and that was legit my favorite Oreo and they've discontinued it. And I don't know why. Maybe this will be a good replacement. So I don't know if this will be a good replacement because definitely the chocolate looks a lot darker flavored than the chocolate that was in the original Oreo where there was a vanilla Oreo with chocolate. And again, this has some white frosting in it too. So I like a vanilla Oreo. So ladies, grab a cookie. (laughs) And let's just see what we think of these. Yes, I'm on board. That's a good Oreo. I'm on board too. It's good. Oh, Oreo. that's really that's good. That's a good one. They've yeah. had some funky flavors. This one's good. That one it's a is winner. really dangerous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So okay. we are all in flavor favor of the black <laughs> in flavor. In favor of the flavor. Five of stars. The black and white cookie <laughs> Oreo. Okay. All right. So let's move on to favorite things. My, Arianne, let's my start favorite thing this month is also food related. And it is something that I was influenced to buy by you, Ooh. not by an influencer, but by my big sister, which oh, dear. often happens. She influences me a lot. <laughs> it is the Ninja Creamy. Did oh, I tell you I got one? I got one for no. Christmas too. <laughs> Tiffany and her whole family has acquired these within recent months. Yes. And I, was I got like, one for my birthday. I just think I need one. Oh my gosh, I love it so it's so much. Funny. It's it just is like an ice cream maker, but it's different. It can make sorbet. It can make 
like protein ice cream, regular ice cream. Okay, so what's frozen your, yogurt? This what's is your favorite thing? Okay, I want to hear your favorite thing. Frozen your favorite. yogurt. Really? So I take my kids' favorite yogurt. You could do it with Greek yogurt too. Okay. I, ha- I haven't tried it with Greek yo- yogurt yet, but my kids' favorite just vanilla yogurt is like a tart. Um, it's what's the brand? It's like Mountain High vanilla, okay. and it's pretty tart. I mean, it does have sugar, but not okay. as much sugar as some yeah. of the crazy ones. Okay. All you do is put the yogurt in the cup, freeze it. And then you mm-hmm. run it in the machine and you know what it tastes just like when you go to like the Froyo shop, the official mm-hmm. Froyo shop, and they have that original tart flavor. Oh. That is what it tastes like. <gasps> okay. And then you put some fresh fruit on oh top. Oh my gosh. It sounds delicious. Oh, I'm going to have to try that in mine. So you're okay. not even adding any protein powder Nothing, or anything. Just else. the yogurt. So. See, I'm still trying to re- perfect my recipes. Mm-hmm. What about you? Have you perfected a recipe in your Ninja? The only one I've made, so I've only made one and I made like a raspberry blackberry ice cream. Okay. Ooh. And it was delicious. So how mm-hmm. did you do it? Uh, just raspberries, blackberries, smushed them up, added a little lime juice, threw in some cream. Frozen. Oh, that was delicious. See, I have been experimenting around with using the Fairlife milk because I'm trying to do shakes that are high in protein or Mm -hmm. ice cream that's high in protein. So I've been experimenting with the Fairlife milk and then adding like protein protein powder powder, to it, which I've done that too. I want to do the protein powder. It's not very sweet. Well, this is my, this is what I've discovered with the protein ones. Fresh fruit on top. Oh, is okay. a must. The fresh fruit on top takes away the like aftertaste, you know? Okay. And it adds sweetness. Okay. I so, love that. Well, and to add some sweetness, I have used the sugar-free puddings mm-hmm. uh, so that I'm not getting the calories mm-hmm. there. And the sugar-free puddings, I did learn you don't want to put in like just a couple tablespoons of the sugar-free pudding, not the whole, whole thing. Not the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So, well, very good. I'm so glad I could influence you. I love it so much. <laughs> okay, Holly, what is your favorite thing? Oh. This was every year for Christmas, we get a game to play. Okay. And this was our, this year's game. And I loved it. It's called Bonsai. Okay. And you basically create trees and you get points and stuff for that. And you can like, I don't know. So how did you find this game? Oh, so I heard of this. Every year I go online and look for like the top games of 2023. And it was in the top 10 of whatever site Mm -hmm. that I was looking at. And I'm like, I, I kind of like okay. that. And, Fine. you know, my daughter's in Japan, so I'm like, this resonates, so mm-hmm. we'll play this. And we had a great time with it. It was a lot of fun. Okay, I love it. So oh. I have to try it. It's very cool. Okay, well, my favorite thing is Miss America. So, <laughs> the, the, I'm a pageant girl. You all know that. Yes, we do. This is not a revelation to anybody. So, the Miss America pageant is currently going on with the finals on Sunday. I am having a big Miss America party at my house. So, if you want to come over Sunday night, 5 wow, o'clock, okay. we're doing Miss America party at my house. <laughs> and, and I've always loved it ever since I was a kid. I, I have a little skin in the game this year. So I have a, a niece, although she was, she's a, she's a blood niece to my ex-husband. So she's, she's like a former niece. She's like a former niece. But the problem is, is his family still thinks I'm family. So it's really, (laughs) it all works. She is Miss Nebraska and she is back there competing. And a big chunk of my ex-husband's family is in Orlando supporting her. Her name is Morgan Baird. She's just been so much fun to watch. She's a dancer. She's incredible. Um, just really, really fun. Fantastic. My second favorite is Miss Utah. And Ooh. I want to talk about the evening gown dress that Miss Utah had. 
Miss Utah is a convert to the church and she's also a return missionary. She said that she was going to try and do modest clothing for the pageant. And I was like, oh, good luck with that, honey. I have never seen an evening dress that is modest that didn't look like your grandmother should be wearing it. Mm -hmm. Girlfriend slayed it. So let me pull it up here. And I'll just describe it to you. It is a black velvet dress. It's got a high neckline and it's bejeweled all around the neckline. It's got really cute puppy sleeves and it's bejeweled all around the end of the sleeve collar. And she is stunning in it. Beautiful hourglass figure. Beautiful hourglass Mm -hmm. figure with a train. I was like, that is the best modest evening dress I have ever seen in my whole pageant wearing, participating, watching life. <laughs> so, very that's really pretty. So uh, I, I'm wishing good luck to both Morgan as well as Miss Utah. Her name is Sarah Sun. Uh, I believe we have featured her before on This Week in oh. Mormons. When she won, she won the crown in June. And okay. I, But I podcasted with Holly in June. So maybe Holly and I talked about her. I know right. that I've talked about her. Anyway, amazing girl. She's a BYU student. Uh, we wish them the best of luck. So that is my favorite thing. So fun. Okay. Well, um, that's kind of a wrap for today's episode, which was brought to you by our wonderful sponsor, Postum, for all of all our all our fellow Latter-day Saints, grab this amazing coffee alternative on the coffee aisle at your Smith's Grocer or your favorite store. Explore more and order online at postum.com. Thanks for tuning in and may your mornings be as delightful as your cup of postum. <laughs> also, I just want to give a plug out for our social media, for Facebook, for uh, X, and for Instagram. You can find us on all of those. You can reach out and contact us at contact at thisweekinmormons.com. And I want to put a plug in for Patreon. Uh, if you want to donate a couple bucks a month to help us keep the lights on, you can become a Patreon subscriber. We do exclusive Patreon content. In fact, all three of us are going to do some exclusive Patreon content tonight. And so we're going to tease that here. We are going to talk about garments on our exclusive Patreon content tonight. Which we've had many a discussion on garments. We have. This is new. (laughs) (laughs) And Holly and Arianne and I have been saying for months we need to get together and do a Patreon thing that just talks about garments. So finally the planets aligned and so we will be doing that after the episode. So we'd encourage you to become a Patreon subscriber and you can hear what we have to say on that topic. So... Twim Nation, thank you much, very much for joining us, and we appreciate your continued support of the podcast. Thank you.